everyone. Welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Maggie. And I'm Julia. And um, happy Halloween, you guys. Happy Halloween. This is my favorite holiday. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Julia's thriving. I am. Just imagine me wearing all black today, because I probably am. Probably. Currently, I'm in like navy blue sweats. So I am very autumnal today. You are, but I mean, you're also much later in the day than I am. I woke up, yes, like two hours ago and still haven't done anything with my life, but that's true. It's like fully the evening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, still being in Michigan, technically it's like 11 a.m., but in California, it's 8 a.m. So, Forgive me for not got, getting dressed for this. You do not have to explain it. Are you kidding me? Sometimes we meet and it's like 4 or 5 p.m. for me and I am fully in my pajamas drinking coffee like I'm just starting my day. You know, honestly, I say this in about every other episode, but time is construct. <laughs> <laughs> what is time? Let me know if you find out, please. Um, well, I'm not going to find out because it's a construct and I don't care for time. So There we go. Mm-hmm. Well, should we just hop right into this episode? Let's do it. Okay. Well, you guys, um, we were thinking about what to do for this Halloween episode, and we kind of decided the best thing we could do is read two different Halloween spooky classics that we yeah. hadn't read before. It was, I thought it was originally just going to be let's read Frankenstein because I'd never yes. read Frankenstein. And Maggie's like, I've read this book so many times, I'm not reading Frankenstein. <laughs> I was like, okay, you read what you want. <laughs> so I read Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was very funny because I mean, I guess I assumed that you, because we both like grew up in the Midwest, you also did not read Frankenstein in school. I don't think anyone in my school read Frankenstein. Like it just completely bypassed all of my weird my school. I never read it. I had it forever and had been wanting to read it. So I read it four times for school, twice in high school, once in community college, and then for my English degree. Four times. That's so many times. <laughs> it's way too many times to be reading Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have some some thoughts about Frankenstein, but I think they're probably a bit more positive than yours. That's completely fair. But you know what? <laughs> to each their own. Yeah. I guess, why don't I just sort of kick it off with a summary? Sure. Okay. This is the summary for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is a well-known psychological novella about split personality syndrome that follows Mr. Utterson. Dr. Jekyll's lawyer, who soon, who soon learns about and meets the heinous Mr. Hyde. Knowing that Jekyll plans to leave his estate with Hyde, Utterson attempts to convince him otherwise. One year later, Hyde brutally murders a wealthy man and is on the run. Utterson's friend, Mr. Lanyon, learns the truth about mis- who Mr. Hyde is, and seeing the truth literally kills him. He literally dies. Utterson is called to Jekyll's home to assist Mr. Poole, his butler. Utterson then learns the truth about Dr. Jekyll and his experiment. Whoa. I know. So lots of drama in a 92-page book. Wait, so question. Jekyll and Hyde don't look the same? They don't look the same. Okay. (laughs) That that would have been a really short 
short story. Absolutely. No, it's actually really funny because the first time you meet Mr. Hyde, (laughs) it's literally like two pages about how ugly he is. They're like, he's really ugly. Oh my gosh, he's hurting this little girl. But also he's short and really ugly. Just so you all know, (laughs) he's short and ugly. Also, he's deformed and he's short. And, and he looks I'm like a dwarf. <laughs> like, oh my God. Okay. Jeez, all right. All right. So it's like the author <laughs> syndrome where all the ugly people are bad guys. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> cool. 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 100%. <laughs> that was like the opposite for Frankenstein. In mo- it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. We'll get into that. Uh, do you have any fun facts about Jekyll and Hyde? Was I supposed to find fun facts about Jekyll and Hyde? No, because I didn't find any for Frankenstein. So I hope I oh, wasn't great. supposed to Thank do you. that. I have a fun fact that I'm going to touch on, but then I'm going to talk about it later in our okay. episode when we talk about headcanons and theories. Ooh, but all right, all right. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is set in London. However, the author grew up in Edinburgh. And it is said that the story is based off a real person who lived here in Edinburgh. No way. For real. Oh, that's intense. I know. We'll get that's more into cool. that later. That's cool. Well, do you want my summary and fun facts? Yes, please. Okay. So as I'm sure we all know, I did not write a summary. <laughs> but Classic I decided, Julia. I know. <laughs> um, I did think about a summary. I got like a quarter of the way through a summary that I was thinking through. And I'm just going to walk you through the book, basically, Hmm. in like an abridged version. Okay. Yeah. Because I listened to The Newest Olympian, which is like, like Potterless, but about Percy Jackson. And he does that with his books, like his episodes. Mike Schubert is so cool. If he's listening to this ever, oh my God, I would die. Uh, He's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... Frankenstein was written in 1818 by Gothic queen Mary Shelley. It starts out with these letters. It starts out with these letters because all he wants is a friend and he's sailing to the North Pole to find one, which makes no sense whatsoever to me. (laughs) But he's writing these letters to his sister about how lonely he is and how much he wants a friend. And like then they, this crew on the ship, sees a figure like sailing not sailing but dog sledding across the ice and like oh crazy and then like later they see another figure that's mostly dead trying to dog sled across the ice but he's like stuck on a piece of broken ice floating out to sea but this figure that is almost dead won't get on the damn boat until he knows where the boat is going. They tell him they're going to the North Pole and the figure is like, okay, fine. And he gets on the boat. And this is the first instance of the most dramatic character, Victor Frankenstein. Um, He would die before going south. And so he gets on the boat, meets this guy, this guy who's like clearly in love with him based on his descriptions of Victor Frankenstein in his letters to his sister. He becomes friends. He has a friend with this really sad man named Victor Frankenstein, who we don't actually learn is Victor Frankenstein until like chapter four. It's like considerably later. And it isn't until like he's well into his story and his dad says his name or something. I remember just pausing 
and noting that in my brain, but not in the book. So I couldn't tell you where it is, but it's it's much later than you would assume. So um, Victor is telling his story to this man and is just talking about how this man shouldn't be in the threat, like wanting to know everything. He shouldn't be trying to figure out everything in the world because ignorance is bliss, essentially. Um, Victor Frankenstein thinks that he is the smartest man. He is basically God, and he created this monster and is now trying to kill it because this monster has been threatening everything in his life and has ruined his life, essentially. Um, And so in the story, we see Victor, we see him, he's young, he's engaged to his cousin, obviously. Um, He is going to school. (laughs) Technically not his cousin. I'm just looking at your your facial expressions. Uh, Yes, they call her cousin. They call Elizabeth his cousin, but technically Elizabeth is no relation whatsoever. It's just what they call people of endearment, I guess. So he's engaged to his cousin Elizabeth. He goes to school for two years, creates this monster, and then runs away from it because he's terrified of it and leaves this newborn baby monster just to do its own thing. And then it just kind of is the culmination of his panic attacks that he has. He has like full-on panic attacks and gets really sick and is super weak and everyone dies around him. Then he dies without killing the monster. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Well, do you have any fun facts? I do. I okay. have, uh, I think three actually. Oh, four. Okay. So first one, Mary Shelley's mother was Mary Wollstonecraft And she's a feminist writer and activist, which is pretty cool, especially in like the late 1700s, early 1800s. I think probably the very late 1700s because she died not long after Mary Shelley was born. Um, But (laughs) fun fact, number two, parents, if there's children, skip 15 seconds. Mary Shelley is said to have lost her virginity on her mother's grave. No. She's a gothic icon. Yes. That's I mean, so I, gross. That is I'm so just, disgusting. I am in awe of her. So the movie that I watched, her mother's grave was kind of like a ledge. It wasn't like on the dirt or anything. I think it was like a, a seated thing on the ledge. But yeah, I was like, that's insane and so funny. Number three. After her husband, Percy Shelley, died, she kept his calcified heart with her at all times until she died, where it was found on her writing desk beside her last work in progress. Hmm. She remains a gothic icon until death. I thought that was pretty cool. And then finally... (laughs) It's terrifying. Continue. Oh, it's so great. Uh... Finally, according to the Oxford Dictionary of National Biography, Frankenstein is the best-known fiction of the Romantic era and is one of the earliest examples of science fiction in the history of storytelling. That I did know. Yeah. That's why I've read it so many times. (laughs) Yes. I hope my other fun facts, though, lent some fun backstory into this because I thought it was funny. Just They gave me a lot to think about. Yeah, I learned a lot about Mary Shelley 
in reading, like after I read this book and then I watched the movie Mary Shelley and just like Wikipedia the shit out of her and was nice. like, dang, she lived a life. She did. I mean, she was so young when she wrote Frankenstein, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason I think it needs a nice little editing job. But it's actually been edited uh, three times. It's been Ooh. edited and re oh gosh re released three separate times. So in 1818, when it was released, it was anonymous, but people oh. thought Percy Shelley did it because he did the introduction. So then five years later. It was released with her name on it. And then a few years after that, like each time it was re-released, it had some new editing. That's smart. Yeah. Julia, you already answered this question. What I year know. was your book published? 1818. Mine was a- 1886. Oh, dang. I know. These are old books. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. Did you like the book, Maggie? You know what? I really did. That's good. I- yeah, I really liked the writing style, and it was a super easy read. I mean, a really easy read. The book was so short. It's technically mm-hmm. a novella, which is a short a story, short basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was different than what I was expecting, but it was really good. I liked Frankenstein. Ooh, I'm happy for you. Thanks. It was hard to get into. Like my text to you can attest to that. I was definitely, it was hard to get into. But once I got into it, it was very good. That's good. I'm really glad. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me. That's all. It's fine. I totally respect it. I'm like, Mary Shelley, oh, way to yeah. pave the way for science fiction. For real. But also, and- I hate your book. <laughs> <laughs> so Jekyll and Hyde was written by Robert Louis Stevenson. Yes. He wrote something else, didn't he? One of those pirate books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, um, it's known as Treasure Island. Maybe ah, you've yes, heard of it. <laughs> like I was just, I was remembering our conversation with Uncharted so yes. many episodes ago. I was like, I'm pretty sure we talked about him. We did. I know. I was <laughs> watching you struggle and I was like, will Julia figure it out no but now we have a review of it one of those pirate books well yeah check out our episode with uncharted if you guys want to hear more about treasure island i still have not read it so i couldn't tell you (laughs) but i read his other book have you watched treasure island Uh, i've watched treasure planet ah that's the same thing right basically (laughs) Uh, what a cool movie it's been so long since i've watched treasure planet it is a trip. I mean, the main character was so cute. Like the undercut and the earrings. Was, totally was your type. It really was. Piratey. Vagabond with a heart of gold. Wait, actually, who voiced him? Wasn't it Christian Bale? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to quick look. That Sorry, might you guys. ruin it for me, actually. No, it's Joseph Gordon Lovett. Oh, okay. Back on track. Still nice. <laughs> Good taste, Julia. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so Maggie, how did you come across Dr. Je- the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? You know, I've just always known about it. It's so old. I remember it being talked about a lot in my different classes, even like my psych classes, my English classes, mm-hmm. and I just never read it. But I also feel like the stereotypes that it gets being in media and people talking about it Mm -hmm. led me to believe that it was going to be 
different than it was. I could see that. But, but yeah, I mean, I honestly don't know the first time I ever heard about it. Yeah, that's fair. And so you chose it for this Halloween episode because you hadn't read it before? Yeah, I've never read it. And for me, sort of the big three classics that could be considered spooky would be Frankenstein, Dracula, and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And this was the only one I hadn't read. Nice. Yeah. At this point, that's also the only one that I haven't read. So I read Dracula in like high school. Nice. Well, it's super short. You could finish it in an hour. Perfect. Love that. I'm assuming it's kind of similar, but how did you come across Frankenstein? I want to I want to say it's probably very similar. It was just, I mean, in the media everywhere. I knew that Frankenstein was written by Mary Shelley and I knew she was a gothic icon. I didn't know how much she yeah. was until like learning more about her. But I don't even remember where I got the book. I have a copy of it that oh. is so old. It's from it's a Bantam Pathfinder edition and on the binding it says it was 60 cents. So I assume that it's very old. And I just don't remember where I got it. I've just had it forever and been like, I'll read this for Halloween and then never did until I forced myself to by assigning it to myself for this episode. I do have to say that cover is horrible. Yes. Yes. The cover is completely trash. Absolutely. I would be embarrassed to carry that copy. Well, luckily, I just sat in the backyard of my mother's house, and no one knows that this is the copy of the book that I have, but maybe we'll put it on our, our Instagram. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> like, guys, check out how awful this thing is. Yeah. Would you it. carry this book around in public? <laughs> yes or no? Uh I mean, it looks like it was printed. This one was printed in 1967, maybe. Oh, cool. I mean, all of the pages are yellow, so it's clearly very old. It's Um, very old. It's lived a good life. Yeah. And it's paperback, so I broke the binding. You do love to do that. I do. It hurts my insides. Part of me dies every time Julia breaks a binding. (laughs) Every time I hold up a paperback, I'm like, look what I read. I know. I'm like walking through Scotland and I know every time Julia breaks a binding, I just like like sort of little pop in your own spine. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Maggie, do you have a favorite line or section from Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde you want to share? I really do. Yes. Perfect. I can't wait to hear it. Okay. Um, I have two different sections that I want to share and both Mm -hmm. of them are about the same theme, which is the duality of man, which Mm. is sort of the theme that the author explores in this book. And it's Mm -hmm. how we can be good and evil. And how do we know which one is our true self? With every day and from both sides of my intelligence, the moral and the intellectual, I thus drew steadily nearer to the truth by whose partial discovery I have been doomed to a dreadful shipwreck that man is not truly one, but truly two. And the second one, I learned to recognize the thorough and primitive duality of man. I saw that of the two natures that contended in the field of my consciousness, even if I could rightly be said to be either, it was only because I was radically both. Ooh. What? uh, All right. Radically both. I know. The writing is insanely good in this book. And I think that's what kept me so intrigued honestly. It's just, it's written so beautifully while being such a violent story. 
that. I like that. Yeah. This one, Frankenstein really reminded me of Shakespeare when I was reading it. I was like, this is cool because it it's very flowery. It's very flowy. Yeah. It's very it's very gothic while still being true, if that makes sense. Like still being applicable to Well, yeah. Today. It's still it's a very human story. Yeah, yeah. While having these really glorious romantic era themes Mm -hmm. and flowery language. I get what you're saying. So you want to hear the two things that I have for this? I guess. Yeah. Great. Thanks. (laughs) Um, They're kind of longish, but the first one, the first one is between Victor and his father. Do you think Victor said he, did I do not suffer also? No one could love a child more than I loved your brother. Tears came into his eyes as he spoke. But this is not a duty to the survivors that we should refrain from augmenting their unhappiness by an appearance of immoderate grief. It is also a duty owed to yourself, for excessive sorrow prevents improvement or enjoyment, or even the discharge of daily usefulness, without which no man is fit for society. This advice, although good, was totally inapplicable to my case. Victor's like, yeah, great, thanks. This doesn't apply to me. Um, and his dad's just like, stop being so depressed all the time. It's the best way to get rid of depression is when people yell at me to not be depressed, actually. I know, right? It just snaps me right out of it. Yeah, I'm instantly cured. Yeah, it's so helpful of those people. <laughs> um, <laughs> clearly, this has happened to both of us before. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I just thought it was really funny that, like, this beautiful flowery language that his dad's trying to convince him to, like, let himself be happy again. And he's just like, yeah, great advice, but this doesn't apply. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Victor is the most dramatic. In in the entire book, Victor is the most dramatic, whiny character outside he- of Catch- Catcher in the Rye. It reminded me kind of of Catcher in the Rye because I don't like that book. Oh, um, Yeah. Holden he really field. is such a drama queen. Yeah. I, I I was trying to find instances in which I thought Victor might also be gay, similar to his friend on the boat. I don't think he is. I think he's just an Aquarius. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, you yeah. know. You know best, baby. <laughs> As an Aquarius, I'm gonna say Victor is the most Aquarius of the Aquarians. All right, and the next the next quote I really liked. I was like, "Oh, what good writing!" Um, this is really what I got Shakespeare out of. Um, is the monster talking to Victor? Mm, okay, right. And he says, "If I cannot inspire love, I will cause fear, and chiefly towards you, my arch enemy, because my creator, I do swear inextinguishable hatred. Have a care." I will work at your destruction, nor finish until I desolate your heart so that you shall curse the hour of your birth. Dramatic. That's so cool. Wow. Uh, The monster is so intelligent. He is so smart. Yeah, Uh, he is. Oh, I, I almost cried at the end of this book. Julia. I know. That's beautiful. Thank you. Welcome. Moving on. What's your favorite thing about Jekyll and Hyde? Honestly, my favorite thing is the way that it was written. The tone of voice is really, really clear. And I think it's really clear that Stevenson sort of had a plan 
for this really short story and what he mm-hmm. wanted to get across. And the language just ampl- amplifies that so much. I yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Do you have a least favorite thing? Honestly, yeah. there are zero women uh, in this book. And th- okay, that, I guess that's not true. There's one woman, one woman. She's a servant and she's crying. And they tell her to stop being emotional. <laughs> I am not joking. That is the one thing a woman does in this book. And it is very disappointing. Even being written by a woman, Frankenstein only has two ladies in it that like have names. And one is mother and the other is cousin Elizabeth. So it's tough out there. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing I think about Frankenstein was how intelligent the monster became and like how he learned how to speak and think. Yeah. And and communicate. And is I like that a lot. I am wondering, actually, because for me, having read it for the first time when I was 15, mm-hmm. I always knew that he was really intelligent because I've just known that fact for 12 years now. Right. But I am wondering, did you go into this book blind or did you have an idea of what was going to happen in the story? I had a a half-formed idea of what okay. was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I've watched enough adaptations of Frankenstein to know vaguely what's going to happen in it. There was one thing that I was like, this is going to happen immediately. And then it didn't. And I was like, wait, what? Um, but I'll, I'll get into that. We, I think we will talk about that later. Um, but I wasn't surprised he was so intelligent. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at how he learned okay. how to do things. Um, yeah. So I thought that his story when he was telling Victor how he d- he learned everything after being abandoned by his creator um, was very cool. Nice. My least favorite thing was that Victor was super whiny and privileged. Like he went to jail, I think twice, and then got sprung with no no repercussions whatsoever. Also, he's not a doctor. No. He's not a doctor. He went to school for two years and made great breakthroughs and then went and lived reclusively to make this monster and then had a panic attack when it worked and then stopped doing anything related to science whatsoever. He he's not a doctor. Why do people call him Dr. Frankenstein? There's no medical degree involved. I don't think that's the point. I think they just mean he's like the creator. I know. I it's just one of those things that's like mildly annoying because I know he, he definitely while he did learn a bunch of medical stuff, I don't think he finished school. I may I, have I may have missed that line, but I don't think he finished school. I couldn't tell you because I do not remember, but I feel like he did. But I also have no idea I I think I've blocked it out of my mind. No, I mean, I know he and his friend Henry. Shoot, what was Henry's last name? I'm just thinking like Henry Cavill. I was like, oh, shoot, there's an actual Henry Cavill in the universe. Um, No, Henry that helped him with his panic attack, which I think that Henry could have been gay. Um, Like, I think Victor surrounds himself with gays, but is not one himself. Wow, you're really delving into their sexuality. I love to I see really it. I really was. I was like, this needs to be 
in here. And I don't know if that's just something from the various Pinterest Tumblr stuff that I've seen about like dissecting the sexuality of characters in classical yeah. books. Cause I think that's fun. But yes. It it was also between like Victor and Henry, the the best friends thing where one is really, really emo and dark and the other one is a golden retriever. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Yeah. That's funny. But then like after Henry got Victor better, they both studied like Asian languages. Mm. Like Victor completely scrapped all of the the modern science that he was learning and was like, I'm gonna learn how to speak Chinese. And then he did and then went home. I don't remember that at all. I have to be honest yeah. with you. That's so fine. it was really I mean, he's very smart, but he's so whiny. Well, Julia, was there anything yeah. that you expected to happen in the book and it didn't? So spoilers for this book from <laughs> the 1800s. Uh, <laughs> I expected Elizabeth to become the bride of Frankenstein. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, what? She, I mean, yes, she died. She was killed by the monster, but she didn't get transformed into anything. So I've watched the show Penny Dreadful, and I feel like that's vaguely the storyline they went with like the monster still wanted a companion in that show and then this beautiful woman that victor was in love with died and so he reanimated her or mm -hmm. tried to or something i didn't actually finish penny dreadful um <laughs> but that's what i was expecting to happen was like elizabeth would be the first to die and that she would then be the bride of frankenstein um Okay. And it, and it did not. No, it did not. No, it did not. And then I was really surprised by Henry's death. I was I was actually kind of sad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Lots of death in that book. Lots of death. Lots of like traumatic death. Like I understand why Victor is the way that he is because of all the, the death in his family. What about you? Um, did anything happen that you expected to happen or did anything shock you or no? Well, I knew the gist that Dr. Jekyll is Mr. Hyde. What? Mm -hmm. Oh, my. Um, yes, they're the <laughs> same person. <laughs> um, but what was weird for me is that it's not in their point of view at all. It follows the story of their friend, um, oh. Mr. Utterson who witnesses the whole thing and he's hearing about some of these things secondhand. So some instances, he's not even in the room when things are happening. He's getting a letter <laughs> explaining to him everything that's happened, which I was not expecting that at all. I kind of thought it was from the point of view of Dr. Jekyll and his, mm -hmm. and we would be reading how he was feeling like going through the transformations, but not at all. Um, it was also very, very violent for a book written in 1886. <laughs> I assumed, I guess it would be a little bit more psychological. And it is, mm -hmm. it's about split personality and a science experiment gone wrong. But when it is Mr. Hyde taking over, he like brutally beats people. And they talk about it for a really long time. How fun. It's super great. So, have you watched the show Once Upon a Time? Yes. Okay, great. Um, Mr. Hyde is in that. What season, though? Because I uh, once they added Frozen, 
I pieced out. It was after Frozen. I did not watch that. It was interesting because um, Victor Frankenstein was also in it. What happened with this show? Girl, I don't know. They opened up the classical books and were like, let's do these. But like Mr. Hyde joined up with the villains or something dumb. He Hmm. was played by a very attractive actor, but he was also a murderous psychopath. So, Um, In the book, he's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you know this. He's ugly. (laughs) He's really ugly. (laughs) I'm about to be the person that I sort of hate in English class where I'm going to analyze the themes Oh, even though sometimes a book is just a book. No, okay, we need that sometimes. But here we go. So basically, they're so intense. The author is so intense about letting you know that Mr. Hyde is like hairy and short and ugly, and it's because it's supposed to represent the animalistic nature that humans have and that we have repressed as we evolve. And the higher up you are in society. So Dr. Jekyll was, of course, a doctor. He was very, Mm -hmm. very wealthy. He was well-known in society. And because he had to repress that feeling even more than someone who is poor would have to. And imagine I'm using quotes, you guys, because, of course, I'm quoting what a wealthy white man is saying about Mm. wealthy versus poor people. But basically, he says that if you have a public image, you repress that feeling even more. So it becomes tiny, which is why Mr. Hyde is so short. So small and hairy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's yeah. cool. That is interesting. I don't think that's annoying. Okay. We well, thank probably you. probably have more scholarly stuff in our podcast, maybe sometimes. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm happy to do that. And I'll tell you if it's like too much. Like, okay, Maggie, back from yeah. English class. We're going to talk about this this trash now rain it in and then people will be like julia you shouldn't have reined her in i care like i'm sorry maybe you should be on the podcast then <laughs> sass going back to what we're actually talking about if you could bring something from the book into your world what would it be and why nothing Zero nothing things. there's nothing i mean i guess i would take a trip to london but otherwise, this book is creepy men and an experiment gone wrong. I don't really yeah. need any of that, actually. No, I don't need anything in Frankenstein either. It was set in like regular 1700 society. So do you have a crush on anyone in the book? Yeah, like- Mr. Hyde. Ooh la la. <laughs> Sign me up. He's so hairy and short. It's totally mm. my type. Um, I can see it. <laughs> no i mean even when the mr utterson the point of view of the story isn't talking to dr jekyll and mr hyde the gentleman that he is conversing with have little to no personality um Mm. even he has very little personality and that's because he's a lawyer and he sees things as right or wrong and Stevenson chose him to be the point of view so that he wouldn't actually intervene. He was just sort of the guy saying, we shouldn't do this or we should Mm -hmm. do this. But he actually didn't move the plot forward at all. Like he never got involved. So nobody really caught my eye in this novel, I'm afraid. 
Oh, rats. Mm. No, I mean, no one really caught in mine either. There weren't that many to have a crush on anyway. I mean, the monster is really cool, but he's eight feet tall, which is terrifying. So that's probably a hard pass. Victor was way too frail for me. He, I'd break him like a stick. <laughs> Maybe his friend Henry. Okay, there we go. His Labrador friend, Henry, who just liked seeing the world. He was like, I'm just here to look at all the sights. Uh, that's kind of fun. It's like very Andy Dwyer to April Ledgate. Oh, that would be good vibes for you. Yeah, yeah. But he dies. Oh, well. <laughs> Elizabeth was cool, but I feel like she felt beholden to her uh, adoptive family which is like the frankensteins the frankensteins adopted her and i feel like her only personality came from caring for others like her only personality traits came from the fact that she loved victor they were engaged at a very young age and grew up together and she was constantly taking care of her family members yeah so that was unfortunate yeah That's where I land on that question. Nice. So no romance for us this week. That's okay. Nope. Nope. Maybe next week. (laughs) Well, Julia, is there a bad guy in your book? And if yes, are they actually evil? Yes. And yes. Okay. Um, (laughs) Give it to us. Well, okay. Maybe not evil. Evil is not the right word. But I think Victor Frankenstein should have been more prepared to be a dad. If he's creating life, he needs to not abandon that life. Like, he should have thought about the consequences before abandoning this eight-foot monster in his apartment. Um, Yeah, he's not really good at thinking ahead. He's really not. He's really not. And he lets his emotions get the better of him. Someone should have told him to stop being so emotional. Damn. (laughs) My personal opinion. Because, like, the monster literally behaved based on how society treated him. Like, he was very wholesome, loved people. But then when so many people hated him and, like, tried to kill him, he decided that society was not worth saving. Which is why he wanted a companion. Because he was like, literally make me someone. We will live in the mountains and not talk to anyone ever again. Um, and Victor comes in and is just like, should I consider this? And so he considers it, but then he freaking goes back on his word and like destroys the companion. Yep. And then Frankenstein is like, literally, this is all I want. Yeah, I know that that part especially is very, very frustrating. It's so frustrating. Like, so yes, I don't think Victor is a good person. I think he's a smart person, but also a very dumb person. And I would call him the bad guy of the book. Yeah, he's definitely the antagonist, but he's not evil. His only flaw is that he is selfish and stupid. Yeah. What about you? The bad guy is both Jekyll and Hyde? Okay, so Dr. Jekyll is definitely not the villain, right? Because he makes this potion that can turn him into Mr. Hyde, but then he starts to turn into Mr. Hyde without taking the potion. Mm. And so he cannot control it anymore. It just happens involuntarily. Mr. Hyde is definitely the main antagonist. He is purely a villain. He has no morals. He's just evil. He's the animal living inside of all of us. Yep. 
But I would also say that this book suffers from a few other bad guys, antagonists, because it's a lot of people hearing what is going on and taking no action. And I do think being passive in the face of evil does probably make you a bad person. Mm -hmm. So the main character, Mr. Utterson, who I know that the point of his character is to not take sides, to see things as black and white, and to advise Dr. Jekyll, but not get in the way. But by not getting in the way, he's allowing this action, these actions to happen over and over and over again. And he doesn't help his friend at mm -hmm. all. Like He's not just his lawyer, they're friends. And eventually he dies because Mr. Utterson chose to do nothing. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's just a whole book of bad guys. Yep. Plus the ones that told the servant to stop being so emotional. That was, was Mr. Special, Utterson. Yeah. yeah, a special place in hell for them. Well, he's dead now. Have you watched any of the movies based on this book? I guess kind <laughs> of you have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mary Shelley is a rather depressing movie. Yeah. And it has Elle Fanning in it. It was made in 2017, I think. Um, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be a happy movie, but I wasn't expecting it to be so dark and depressing either. But then it prompted me to learn more about her life. And it was like, oh, this is the best that you could have made out of her life biography. I'm pretty sure I've watched like cartoon Frankenstein stuff. I've watched Penny Dreadful, which is like a combination of a lot of classic horror stuff. That was spooky. I've been considering rewatching that actually, just because now I've read Frankenstein. I have not watched many of the movies based on this book, but I know of them. What about you? Nothing. I haven't seen the play. I haven't seen the musical. I haven't seen... Can I tell you the one Jekyll and Hyde thing that I've seen? Please? Yes? It's an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. <gasps> that is iconic. I... The old, the cartoon. Yeah. Oh, like Alvin becomes Jekyll and Hyde, I'm pretty sure. And they're doing like a play, but then the potion is real. It's it. Okay, hold the, the phone. Hold thing. the phone. Oh my gosh. Okay, yes. It's a 2000 movie. It's made in the year 2000. And it's called Alvin and the Chipmunks Meet the Wolfman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I watched it, but I definitely watched it more than once. Whoa. Amazing. <laughs> Fun fact, I absolutely love Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like, no irony whatsoever. I listen to their music sometimes. That is hilarious. But also, <laughs> I do remember enjoying the cartoon movies when I was a kid. Yeah, they're so cool. Yeah. So, Maggie, you mentioned you have headcanon slash theories about yes. your book. Okay. So, basically, there is this theory that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is based off of a real story that happened in Edinburgh. Um, it's called the Deacon Brody story. Basically, um, Deacon Brody's pub is at the top of the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, and he was hanged for theft. But it's also said that he was a serial killer. And yeah, basically he was evil, but he was respected in society. I think he was a barrister. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's sort of like a lawyer. Oh, okay. You wear like the fun wig. Um, mm -hmm. That is something I'm tr I'm thinking of from memory from when I read the article, but I think he was a barrister and he was hanged for his crimes. 
So, and he, this happened in 1788. So it's totally possible for the two events to be related, especially because Stevenson grew up in Edinburgh before he moved to London. Is this place still in Edinburgh? Like, could you go to that pub? That is a great question. I I think so. You should take a picture with the book at that pub. Oh, I totally can go there. Yes. Okay. Know what I'm doing tomorrow. You're welcome. That's really exciting. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What about you? I mean, other than my, you know, homosexual head cannons. Sure. Or theories. I don't really have any. Like I was... I was really just looking for gay coding in the book as I was reading it. And it could be there. It could not. Um, so those are really just the the theories that I peppered throughout this episode so far is just Henry, yeah. the boat guy, Mr. Walton, I believe is his, William Richard. I don't, I don't, Mr. Walton. I think they were both the Labrador, the golden retrievers of the book and i think they were also gay it makes it more fun well julia yeah if you were a character in the book who would you be and why i'm going to be completely honest here okay i would probably be victor frankenstein well you are both aquariuses by nature i thought you were about to say whiny (laughs) i was like low hanging fruit that Um, would have been really savage of me (laughs) i would never do that a oh, on the podcast. That. That would have been e, really funny. I don't think you're whiny. <laughs> I would have been a smarter female version of Victor Frankenstein. Still engaged to be married to cousin Elizabeth. Nice. Yeah, I just he's always thirsting for knowledge. He's very smart. He travels places. He is like extremely well read. Yeah. It's just he has a very frail personality on top of right. that and i don't i don't have a particularly frail personality but everything else works out so okay what about you you know i'm embarrassed to say it because i know i made fun of him but i would be mr lanyon because honestly i respect his drama a little bit okay i guess if i found out that my friend was evil at nighttime maybe i would die too <laughs> There's also just not a lot of options in this book. You guys, there's like five characters. Yeah, they really, uh, it's not a long book either. You don't have that many choices. Very few options. (laughs) I'll take, I'll be the dramatic guy. Perfect. Well, we're toward the end. Do you have any last thoughts slash recommendations? You guys, I really recommend this book. I had a really great time reading it. It's so short. So, so, so short. If you have been meaning to read a classic or sort of delve into that era of books, I think this is a great place to start. It's definitely aimed for young adults. It was a very easy read. I really recommend it. I do have some book recommendations. Ooh, all right. So if you like Jekyll and Hyde and you're looking for something else, I highly recommend anything by Edgar Allan Poe. They have a very similar tone of voice. You will enjoy both things. I also recommend The Shining. Obviously, Ah. very different, but sort of the dual personality Mm -hmm. situation in The Shining as well, where a good person turns evil. Mm -hmm. So those are my recommendations. I liked The Shining, actually. I remember liking that. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed the book, too. The movie's a mess. It's trash. 
the book is really good. It doesn't really, the book and the movie aren't too similar. They're really not. Did you see Dr. Sleep though? Oh, that's a really good interpretation of the book. Ma'am, I don't like watching scary movies. (laughs) Ma'am, you just told me you read The Shining and Dr. Sleep is the sequel. Yeah, but in our previous episode, I talked about how I read a lot of Stephen King in high school and college, and now I don't because it scares me. Um, My last thoughts about Frankenstein are that if you like flowery language and like feeling like you're back in the times, it's a good book to read. I don't think it's geared toward young adults. I think it's geared toward adults, mostly because it has a lot of like older characters in it. There's no children or it's kind of hard to read. It was hard for me to get into, but I got into it. And like, once you get into it, the flow is really cool. And the monster is really cool. It's a bit like reading Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. It's dense and the Mm -hmm. language is tough at first, right? You really have to get into the rhythm of it, I think. Yeah. I'm one of the people that would say you really shouldn't read Shakespeare like if you if you must read it follow along with like a stage play or or movie adaptation as it's going just because Shakespeare is a play and it's supposed to be watched not really read whereas Frankenstein isn't a play it's no meant, it's meant to be a book but it has like similar flowery vibes and cadences yeah. with it so that's pretty good but my recommendations are interesting so I have another one from Mary Shelley uh, okay. called The Last Man. It was written in 1826. I personally have not read it, but it is about this last man in a pandemic world. And I thought that might be cool to read another one of hers. Another one that's actually much older than Frankenstein, Dr. Faustus by oh. Christopher Malu. Um, I have not read that, but I've watched the play Faustus or Faust and it is pretty cool. It's about a guy battling his demons, you know, Mm -hmm. it's intense. Um, and then there was a book that I'll probably end up reading before the other two that I just suggested, um, called The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein. And it's by Kirsten White. And it is Frankenstein, but from Elizabeth's perspective. Oh, oh. yeah. That sounds very cool. Right? Let me know what you think of that. I will. All right. Well, with that, we heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved what you heard, share us with your other bookish friends and family members. And if you're listening with Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the show. And of course, if you aren't already, subscribe to our Patreon. We release extra content pretty much every week. And if you're in certain tiers, you even get merch. You can also choose to buy us a book, which is a one-time donation option available through PayPal, which can be found in our link tree on Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. And if you have any book suggestions or questions, feel free to email us at novelfindspodcast at gmail.com. Our email, Patreon, and Instagram handle can be found in our bio. Again, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all in two weeks. Bye-bye.